This is Ethan and I'm here with Dave and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast. Ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 12 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode we review the sold out May 10th show in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse from Weird Al's 2022 The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Now, this was a show I was super excited about from when we learned that this was the smallest venue on Weird Al's entire tour. Yeah, there were 500 seats in this venue. It was advertised. That's crazy. I, I remember like, Bermuda talked about um, one of them on our podcast being small, I think, up in uh, California. Right. In Napa. But this one is technically even smaller. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was definitely... And Richfield is, is not that far from here. It's only like an hour and a half from here. Oh, okay. So it's actually... Uh, wasn't wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I, I don't think it was more than two, two and a half hours for me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, just far enough that I wasn't able to uh, come out for dinner, but I, I did make it just in time for the show. But I understand you actually had a, an exciting uh, meal before the show. We did, we did. Uh, so actually, our episode 151-inch guest, Eric Berlin, if you remember Eric, he wrote the New York Times crossword puzzle with Weird Al. Yes. And... Uh, and uh, then he then had Weird Al show up on his... Um, was it the MIT... MIT puzzle. Yeah. The, the thing that him and uh, Joe Bohannon uh, both uh, participate in. And uh, so Eric reached out to us and he said, I remember you guys were going to Ridgefield. Can we get together for dinner? And we did. Uh, and Or I did. And Jackie and I did. We got yeah. together with Eric. And uh, Eric... Well, he needed to meet extra early because he had yeah. VIP and he wanted to go to bingo. So it was just well, unfortunately too Jeopardy, early for Jeopardy. Not I, I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was unfortunate. It was too early for Ethan to get down there. But, uh, I mean, Jackie and I were able to make it. Uh, uh, Eric researched. He gave me three options that he thought would be good for dinner. And uh, I looked at the first one, which was called the Red Rooster Pub. And I said, this looks amazing. And I didn't even honestly look at the other two. Because <laughs> I, I said, uh, this is great. Um, I think and- Red Rooster Pub reminded you of the Red Rumped Agouti. <laughs> it, it may have suddenly... <laughs> From the other day. <laughs> it may have suddenly reminded me of the Red Rumped Agouti. But uh, the reason I clicked on that one first is actually there's a... Uh, now retired WWE wrestler who went by the name the Red Rooster. Oh, it was that his pub? It was. It was not his pub. <laughs> the, the Red Rooster was really a nice little pub. They sort of had it uh, like it was uh, sort of like almost it looked like it was in a barn, but it really wasn't in a barn. It was sort of it was intentionally made up to look like it was in a barn. Food was really good. Got to meet uh, meet Eric. Uh, it's a little hard to find this Red Rooster pub. It didn't have a good sign out front, so I drove past it. Uh, but Eric was waiting for me and uh, waiting for us over at the bar. And he was, of course, he was playing a puzzle when we walked ah. in. And uh, puzzle master Eric Berlin you know, got to meet Eric and uh, had nice dinner with him. Got to chat, talk about our, you know, our different um, hobbies. You know, him with the puzzles, Jackie with her model horses, and me with Weird Al. <laughs> 
And uh, Eric had mentioned just a couple couple notes. Eric had mentioned that even though he and he may have said this on the podcast, our, our inch episode with him, but even though he had worked with Weird Al on several different occasions, he had never actually spoken to him in person, and he had never actually met him before. So this would be the first time he got to speak to Weird Al, and first time uh, he got to meet Weird Al. At That's the, so the awesome. Ad-team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just skipping ahead a little bit, uh, I'll go back, but. Um, I did run into him in the lobby before the show, and he told me how he told me that that he had never met or yeah. spoken to Al, but he did say that Al uh, sent him his phone number uh, right when they first started corresponding, and he freaked out and uh, <laughs> was too right. too nervous to ever yeah. actually use the phone number, which. Yeah. Uh, I probably would do the same thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, yeah he did t- to tell me that as well. I definitely uh, would have freaked out. Also, yeah. I don't know if I would have ever called. Weird I wouldn't Al. want that. Re- I wouldn't want that to res- accidentally butt dial Weird Al. <laughs> um, Indeed. You know, when I did the my uh, alternative to sleeping with Ethan Allman college radio show, um, I would sometimes be given you know cell phone numbers for famous people. And, you know, I would add it to my phone just because it's kind of funny to have their number. Right. But then I stopped doing it because it's like, like exactly what I just said. Like, I do not want to accidentally, you know, <laughs> click on their name when I'm looking for someone else or right. butt dial them. Um, so, yeah. So I, I had to work a little bit later. Um, and uh, I made it in pretty much just in time um, for the show. I think I got there at 730 and I think it was an 8 o'clock show. Mm. Is that... Do you remember that? Yeah, so, right. So the uh, it was an eight o'clock show for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I so, got there, um, and as I was, I, uh, as I was pulling in, there was like people parking and the lawn, like this big like lawn. It was really packed, and um, I drove by it looking for other spots. I was like, crap, I'm gonna have to end up turning around and going back to parking in the grass and walking up the <laughs> hill a mile. Um, but luckily, right when I got near the venue, someone pulled out, and I grabbed a spot like right at the venue That's awesome. um which was really great and then um going through security i had a bottle of water and they said you're not allowed to have the bottle of water but you can leave it right there uh next to this plant and maybe it'll be there after the show so i said okay <laughs> wow <laughs> so i left it there and i i guess uh at the once we get to after the show, I'll tell you whether the bottle whether, whether the bottle was there or good. whether I remembered to look for the bottle. Yeah, so we had a nice lunch with Eric, and uh, he headed out to do the VIP. So Jackie and I had some time to pass. We took our time driving over to the playhouse, which wasn't far at all from the the restaurant. Uh, we we didn't have really too much trouble finding parking. But what was interesting is that like I think everything in the world was happening at this little complex in Ridgefield on that night. Everything that could possibly happen. There was a there was like a, a sort of like a, attached to like a some maybe municipal building and then uh, some school or something was also attached to it. A it did not look like a traditional sort of, no, it was not theater. A theater at all. No. Um, the theater looked to it at all. Uh, but there was like a high school baseball game going on. Um, there was a skate a skate park there, and there were kids playing in the skate park, and and just and then uh, there were like constantly people going in and out of their cars. So it wasn't hard at all to, for me to find parking. And then uh, it turned out that they were having um, election night, also the same night as the Weird Al concert. And, oh. uh, and uh, that there was a gentleman who. Where the buses were parked were where they were going in to do the uh, the, the tour the buses. Voting, the tour buses, and uh, so there was a a gentleman who would ask people as they were walking up, "Are you here to vote or are you here for Weird Al?" <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, oh, we're here to vote. Okay, go in. And you got to walk past the tour buses to, to go into the voting area. And then if the weird, oh, that's around the corner. And, and uh, so we walked around the corner and it was probably, I don't know, six o'clock, six thirty at this point. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're checking people in for VIP and they said, are you VIP? And we're like, no, we're just here for, you know, the, the regular entrance. And we're like, what time do the doors open? And the woman's like, I don't even know. So she ran inside. She came out and said, they open at seven. And so we had a <laughs> half hour to walk around Ridgefield. We did a little short walk around there. Cool. At seven o'clock, we went back. Um, and Eric, Eric Berlin was standing outside just getting some fresh air. Oh, so nice. So we got to, to chat with Eric. Um, and then eventually we headed in. And again, it was a lot more relaxed for me. I wasn't rushing to get in or anything like that. There's a couple interesting things in the lobby. Um, I went over. I, I, I checked out the merchandise, talked to Marnie, um, checked out all that. I don't remember there being anything special about that. No. I think they had everything. Uh, they still had the shoelaces, as they did on Sunday. Yeah, I think they had everything. I think they had everything uh, out. It was a large area for Marnie to spread out. And uh, But what was interesting is that they had this signed guitar on a table. and uh, Yeah, like a silent auction. A silent auction and a signed guitar. And I guess this is all like a non-profit um, theater and they, they're run by volunteers and things like that. So they're just trying to raise money. And they had an opening bid of a thousand. It was signed by Weird Al, I should say. Uh, like a green guitar. Um, signed by Weird Al. You could write your name down. And I guess at the end of the evening, whoever had the highest bid... Uh, won the guitar. It opening bid was a thousand dollars. When I looked at it, uh, there was the high bid was one thousand two hundred fifty dollars. I don't I th- know what. Yeah, it I think that's went to. where it was when I um, when I saw it too. Yeah, and I mean, hey, it's a great cause you're donating to charity, but uh, I don't think I would ever even consider spending a thousand dollars on a guitar that Al had just signed. Like if it was a guitar <laughs> that. Al played, if or was the guitar from the Gump video? Would you? If it was the guitar for the Gump video, if it was Jim or Steve's guitar right. or something like, then that would be closer to the value. But I don't understand why anyone would would want just a random guitar signed yeah, by. Or again, it, it helped the, the the theater. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm sure the person bought it wanting it, not just to help the theater. So. Um, Maybe. If, if that person is listening, I would love to uh, understand what the appeal was. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I mean, Al's not signing anything but the posters this tour, so yeah, maybe so the guy was want, like, hey, right. if you, you know. want a guitar that is signed by Weird Al, then there's your thing. There's also a couple uh, – also there was a uh, – I guess there was a, a poster in the uh, in the lobby that had the 101 greatest movie quotes on it, and I looked to see if any UHF quotes were on there. And there were not. What? But there was a misattributed Badgers, we don't need no stinking Badgers quote on there. Uh, somehow misattributed to the treasure of the Sierra Madre. What? Interesting. But there was also um, a quote from what they said, The Shining, called Here's Johnny, and I'm pretty sure they meant uh, Polka Party. Yeah. Instead of... Weird. That was just a strange poster in the, in the lobby. And then there was also a, a quote from uh, the movie Forrest Gump, which ah. reminded me of Gump. Man, you really had a lot of time to kill, huh? I did. I did. We had a lot of time to kill. <laughs> so prior to the show, I... Uh, I also ran into um, VIP host J.W. Halford walking around. Got to talk, as he does. I got to talk to him and uh, introduce him to. He had not. He was not aware that uh, Eric had actually uh, worked with Weird Al on the New York Times crossword puzzle. He was very excited when I told him about that. Oh, cool! And uh, he wanted to meet Eric, so I brought him over to meet Eric. Very uh, cool. Who was sitting like two rows in front of us. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I did sit right next to you um, for the concert, 
but um, I did show up a bit later mm-hmm. and um, took my seat and um, um, I think before the show started, I was able to see my new friend Jen, uh, who I met back in New London. Uh, she was sitting in the front row and I uh, got to say hi to her and um, popped back in the seat just in time for JW to take the stage. I have written down 7.58 p.m. Yes, 7.58 p.m. JW comes out. And uh, so JW does a little spiel before he introduces Emo. Right. And he usually says, no texting or photos because it's going to distract the people behind you. Um, which is logical. But <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, the Ridgefield Show... Um, he said, it's distracting to the people ahead of you, which <laughs> doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think he misspoke, but it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and he brought Emo up, and I have the Emo took the stage at 7.59. Yeah, 7.59. So you really needed to – I mean, it you know it wasn't a big venue. And I'm sure no. that everybody, everybody in Ridgefield who was attending this venue – They could visually probably there. see every seat was filled. They could see that enough seats were filled that uh, they could start a minute early. But 7.59, the show was advertised to start at 8 o'clock. Uh, now before oh, I should mention I should mention a couple things before we get started is that uh, – that Eric uh, did did uh, did not even throw his name in for the Jeopardy. He, he really? Said, yeah, he said he said I asked him if he played, and he said no. I, I don't. He said I, I'm nowhere near you know your level of expertise on Weird Al. I'm gonna. I bet he still could have crushed some of the people that I see. But he play did those. say he did say that uh, the winner was like a 14 year old kid who crushed it. Who wow. had the answer like every wow. single question and totally deserved to win. So he tried to tried to find that that kid so he could introduce me to him, but he couldn't find him. And uh, we have a special guest uh, meowing in the background. Program note: our special guest, Skyler, my cat. Hi, Skyler. Um, so before the the show starts, let me start by opening the ceremonial <laughs> Coke Zero can. Nice. Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. Um, so Emo took the stage. I noticed he was drinking uh, boxed water again. Um, I, th- I think he had it in New Bedford. I don't know, but he had it again. Um, and he told a new like knock knock joke, right. <laughs> where knock knock, who's there? Dave Kowalski, my friend from college. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he means the Grammy Award winning Dave Kowalski. Uh, I did Google the name to see <laughs> Interesting. came up, but um, I was also wondering, maybe Emo is listening to our podcast, and he wanted to give you a shout out, Dave, but he wanted to keep it, you know, he didn't want to say Rossi, so he said Dave Kowalski, just right. to just keep much, it under the radar. Much easier to say Kowalski than it is to say Rossi. Right, right. Much easier to spell <laughs> also as well. Um Emo did the pourquoi uh, seagull joke, huh? which I, I love when he does that. I like to mark that down. And he also, he ended right at 8.30 on the dot and then put the microphone in his pocket. Did you catch that? <laughs> I didn't catch he put the microphone in the pocket, but I did know he, he did, did notice he ended on my favorite joke that he does, the joke about uh, the bridge. So good. Which, which I won't spoil because it's amazing when he tells it. Um, yes, 8.30, I got the end of the, uh, the show. And yeah, and uh, I, I have the eight forty so thirty one minutes for emo this time. Thirty one minutes for emo, and then just an eighteen minute break um, until yep. we got into um, what started the show was. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't announced as this, but right. 
Um, we know this as uh, regular concert goers that it was a G power chord, <laughs> yeah, which Jim, can only mean one thing. Yeah, Jim Jim came out, sat on stage uh, all alone, and just started playing a G power chord, like a really long version of a G power chord, while the rest of the band came out. And uh, I wrote forty five minutes, although it probably wasn't that long. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> of course that uh, starts out uh, on this tour, my own eyes. And I have noted that Al came out, and uh, I don't think that his his mic was completely uh, potted up uh, hmm. because the first line was kind of low, and then I think they must have slid it slid it up, and then he was at the correct volume. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to take this time to to note that I was sitting slightly on Steve's side of center, uh, like Dave said, maybe like what five rows back, uh, five or six rows back, and um, Al came out, and he had this. Uh, kind of a, um, it's kind of hard to describe, but his shirt was like this blue right. with um, the, a lot of small, colorful flowers. Yeah, I wrote yellow, uh, blue shirt with yellow and red flowers. Yeah, there was yeah. there's a lot of them. They're really yeah, oh, tiny. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of small flowers. On um, and Steve was wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, I'll have you know. <laughs> and interesting, you thought you were sitting on, on Steve's side. You were sitting next to me, or slightly on Steve's side. I felt like I was on Al's side. I must have picked the seat right in the center. Yeah, so we're very central, but... And Jackie, of course, is sitting next right. to Right, on uh, the gym side. Slightly gym slightly side. Slightly gym side, I guess. <laughs> I guess I was Al. I, would, I could only describe my seat as Al's side of the stage. There's only one seat in each row on Al's <laughs> side, so you have to be very careful. Um, so uh, after my own eyes, Al said, How you doing, Ridgefield? Oh, interestingly enough, I know we don't always report on what Jim's wearing, but Jim was not wearing his traditional outfit. He was wearing a black and white Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I love when Jim's got the Hawaiian shirt on. Um, Al commented on how uh, how intimate the venue was. He said it's literally the smallest show <laughs> on the entire tour, so congratulations to all 504 of you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the smallest show, so congratulations to all of you. All 504. All 504 of you. And there were a few people missing, so could be less than 504. <laughs> um, and uh, Al said, it feels like you're all in my living room. Yes. That was, <laughs> it was a tiny little theater. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. I, th I think that every seat in the theater probably had a good seat. I don't think he could have had a oh, yeah, seat in that yeah. theater. Um, but it was nice. It was comfortable. Yeah, I he liked it. His seats were comfortable. Everything was, was nice about this theater. And then Al... Staff uh, was incredibly nice. Everybody interacted with. I did buy, uh, I think, a Diet Pepsi at the... Uh, at the... the, the uh, merch. merch uh, not the... Uh, the condensed Refreshments. Yeah, yeah. So Al, uh, you know, he had everyone give it up for Emo, and he said he will always tour with Emo as long as he has those incriminating Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Next song he called Song number two on our set list Yep, picked up his accordion And went right into When I Was Your Age Yeah, interestingly uh, He picked up the accordion as the song was starting So there was no applause Usually when he picks up the accordion for the first time You get a large crowd reaction There was like no applause because they were all trying to uh, listen to the music And uh, there was a, uh, a lyric flub here um, Usually the line is All I got for Christmas was a lousy bag of rocks but Al said, "All I got for dinner was a lousy bag of rocks." <laughs> oh, and um, I did. I did write down there was a lyric change. I'm going to put question marks. I couldn't exactly tell what he said there, but I'm glad you were able to pick that up. Yeah, I talked to um, Rich Green after the show, and and uh, he said for the 
which typically the dinner line, Al said Christmas. So Al must have noticed his mistake and just swapped those huh, after he uh, either misspoke or maybe intentionally did it. I I can't imagine that Al would ever make a mistake. So it must have been an intentional um, change just for us, Dave. I guess so. It was funny that you mentioned uh, Richard Green because uh, he was actually at he was at the show. Obviously, he heard that he was sitting like two rows behind me, and he uh, he texted me during the show, but I had uh, my phone on Do Not Disturb. So I didn't even know he was yeah. sitting two rows behind me, and then he had to rush out at the end of the show. So I did not even get to see Richard there until, uh, I guess, uh, I just didn't know Richard was there until I saw the message much, yeah. much later. Yeah, and it yeah. was too late to react to it. Yeah, and I, I keep my phone on Do Not Disturb as well. Um, like, I do that if I go to a movie or a concert, just so I'm not distracted and mm-hmm. looking at my phone. Um, so at the end of When I Was Your Age... Um, there was a really good, quiet opportunity. I was only five rows back. This was the smallest theater on the <laughs> tour. I belted the loudest possible El Maestro. Yes. And Ruben shot up out of his chair. Like, boom! <laughs> and I did it. And um, I think we'll have more. Uh, we did get to talk to Ruben after the show. So I'll, I'll give you a okay. little bit of insight when we get to that part. Um, but that was... Uh, a pretty stinking majestic El Maestro, if you ask me. I think that was... And the loudest um, one I've ever heard. Loudest know. one I've ever done. Uh, very proud of that one. Uh, <laughs> so he said, uh, coming up next... Uh, uh, or no, he, he talked about how a lot of his songs he's noticing are dark, twisted, and horrifically violent. Like this next one. I'm not sure if you picked this up. He said... Uh... He said, and this, I don't know if this is a reference to the podcast, as we say this pretty much on every single Inch episode, but he said uh, his brand is known for being family-friendly. Oh. So, uh, so I, I mean, I know we mentioned that our podcast is definitely family-friendly. I bet that Al listened to our podcast and, because we are family-friendly, decided that he himself would be family-friendly. Right. And then, of course, he, he did a caveat where, of course, this is a dark, twisted, uh, horrifically violent <laughs> <song>. <laughs> And um, the song was I Remember Larry. That's right. I'm trying to... Any notes for I Remember Larry? No, but I don't know what this... Oh, so he said that... um, Yeah, so uh, so he said some time ago he got... He got a call from the uh, president of the record industry. But I see... We both wrote the same note, but what is that? Sometime... Decade and a half ago. Yeah, sometime a decade and a half ago, I got a call from the uh, president yeah. of the resident uh, record, record business. Industry. And, uh, and uh, he did call uh, everyone hooligans. Hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the song was Don't Download This Song. And uh, our intern, Frank, is going to do some research. So let's want you to talk a little bit about Don't Download This yeah, Song. Yeah, so um, what I wanted to say is during Down- Don't Download This Song, Steve had his sunglasses kind of resting up like on his brow and uh at one point he was playing and they just fell down back to his nose um, <laughs> it was kind of funny and um this is a, a note i wanted to ask you about dave um before you get into anything um i always get confused about which song was actually hosted on your website and I, I believe <laughs> the correct answer, and tell me if I'm wrong, is Your Pitiful was the one that was hosted on WeirdAl.info. Is that correct? Yeah, so WeirdAl.info, it does, you can go there and you can still do it now. It's uh, the official, down, an official host. It, it, yeah, Your Pitiful. And again, when, when the song was released from Al's website, it linked to 
your website. It still does, I believe. Uh, to download your pitiful. Yeah, I believe he still and, can, can go to weirdal.com and, and download your pitiful from his website. Now, I, I know that that is, you know, that's a great, um, you know, that's an awesome uh, feather in your cap, Dave. But I am wondering if I can share in that, what, who could we talk to about also officially hosting your pitiful on 2000inch.com or weirdoutpodcast.com? Do you think that uh, that's something that you would be willing to uh, inquire about? I think uh, that's up to if we can uh, convince our intern Frank to put a link up on it. I mean, I don't see why we could why we couldn't. Well, I, I would think that we would need to go you know go through the official channels to get permission to post it. <laughs> but um, I think it would be nice to have uh, your pitiful available also on. I'm sure that can be arranged. All right. Well, um, there's just a thought I had during don't download song which. I sometimes confuse as being the song that you could download from your website. So sorry for going off on a crazy tangent. I don't know how, how you confuse those two songs, but somehow... Because they were both available to download for free. I guess, maybe. Uh, so uh, there is, of course, the lyrics in uh, Don't Download This Song, where uh, it says, It doesn't matter if you're a grandma or a seven-year-old girl. Right. At the concert, he said, It doesn't matter if you're a grandma or a 20-year-old girl. Really? Yes. Well, it doesn't so, matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's still true, but there was definitely a lyric change for <laughs> Don't Download I This Song. I did not hear that. Um, uh, so after Don't Download This Song, Al started talking about the new movie and how he wants to play the new song, but he can't. But there was a fake drum start hmm. um, for this one. So it's, it's kind of fun to track whether uh, Bermuda pretends to be playing a song or not. Um, yeah. And he did. Nice. So uh, this song was UHF. And, and I, I just, you know I, know, I think we've mentioned this before, but uh, I just love the lights in this song. Um, the way that the, like, uh, the, I guess it's like yellow kind of rectangles yeah. or squares are moving around. It reminds me of like the, like kind of a, you know, a, a fuzzy TV screen or like kind of the UHF logo. Yeah. And whenever I think of the UHF logo, it always reminds me of another uh, logo as well. Hmm. Um, I can't put my finger on which which logo that I see quite a bit looks a lot like the UHF logo. Um, well, I, I guess we'll never know. Guess we'll never know. If you think of it later, let us okay. know. All right. Yeah, so again, I, I wrote the same, pretty much the same note about the amazing lights, uh, the, the flashing lights for this song at the end. I, again, love the lighting for... For this tour, and I love the lighting for the song UHF. Yeah. Um, then Al mentioned uh, channeling his bitterness into this next song, which was? Yeah, they said it was the fir uh, first song off of his third album, and he had written it just uh, as... The first song written. Off the first song written off of his third album, and he wrote it right as, just as his girlfriend broke up with him. And, of course, that song is One More Minute. Yes. And uh, at the end, I thought Al was going to do the kind of like uh, uh, like cry pause where he can't finish it right away. Right. But as he started to do it, he, he did not do it. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, next up was a drum solo by John Maria Swartz. And <laughs> yes. this time he did My, my drum, drum Solo. Yeah, the My Drum Solo. <laughs> And Al looked very disappointed and disgusted <laughs> that that uh, Bermuda had done that. <laughs> I'm sure uh, in jest. So I don't. Again, I heard somebody in the audience. Well, again, for the first time, I guess. I guess there were people yelling out in the audience. Quite a few at 
quite a bit at this show, but I did definitely heard uh, somebody yell, Yay, drum guy! <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like that nickname for Bermuda, drum guy. Drum guy, drum guy. <laughs> I like that. So if, you're yell- if you decide to start yelling out uh, other names besides El Maestro, you could maybe yell out drum guy one time. Well, I hope I remember that, but maybe I won't. <laughs> um, so then we got into Young, Dumb, and Ugly, and there was so much fog. I wrote fog exclamation point. Wow. A whole exclamation point after <laughs> the fog. And uh, actually, uh, yeah, um, there was, uh, I wouldn't even call this a, mis- a mistake or a, a lyric change, but it was just a little weirdness in the lyrics um, where he says, you know, wait until the last minute to pay, the, to pay our medical bills. The way he said the word bills just sounded really weird, like he stumbled over it. Telephone bills. Isn't it telephone bills? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know the line I'm talking about. Um, The way he said uh, uh, bills just sounded really weird. (laughs) He did that for us, Dave. (laughs) Um, So Al, uh, again, pulled out his camera during the gym solo and uh, shot some pictures of Jim and shot some of the audience. And I noticed, um, and this, I, didn't, I hadn't noticed this at any other shows, and um, I'd be surprised if I noticed it at any of the next couple shows. Um, there was a metal fan on Ruben's platform, but huh. it was not on. Interesting. Yeah. I did so, not pick that up. I don't know if that was, I don't know what the deal was with that. <laughs> Um, so then leading up to the next song, we got a, uh, some story time time. Yeah. This one, uh, he said, uh, happened maybe back in 1981. He was in Hawaii for the first time for vacation. Yep. Um, he took, oh, this was actually interesting. He took a ride down Haleakala. Uh, he took a bike down the side of the mountain and, uh, that was something that, um, Jackie and I, my wife, uh, we actually honeymooned in in Maui, and we had considered actually driving down, uh, mm. taking the bike down the side of uh, Haleakala, and uh, we did not opt to do that. Instead, we went on a tour where they they uh, drove us up to the top and okay. they drove us back down. But uh, Haleakala, for anybody who's considering going, is is an amazing experience. You definitely should go see Haleakala. You should get up really early and go see the sunrise. The sunrise is over the volcano, over top of the clouds in the volcano. Cool. And just the lighting, like the, the natural light that it produces is just, is, is indescribable. Well, I would have to bet that Al has done that um, based on how he was describing it. He bicycled down until dawn, he said. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely go. You can go, you can either see the, the sunrise, which I understand is more impressive, which is what Jackie and I saw, or you can also go up there and see the sunset. Obviously, you look in the other direction to see the sunset. Uh, but again, that's supposed to also give beautiful lights. But I would imagine you're not going to bike down Haleakala Road or the road up to the Haleak- top of Haleakala in the dark after. So I'm sure <laughs> if Al was talking about a bike ride down the side, he did that after this. Probably. Um, and then he said at the bottom, though, was a saloon. He said it was a rundown dinky joint <laughs> with an even dinkier lounge. It was a horrible, slimy little place. <laughs> and it... He said, just clarified, it wasn't a nice place. Right. It wasn't a nice lounge. But it had the most beautiful music. That's right. And uh, that's where he met Jim and Steve, according to this concert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And what I tweeted out for this one, I do tweet all the, the uh, set lists at Elvis Arama, my Twitter account, uh, personal Twitter account. It t- tweeted out this was the Dinky Maui Saloon version. I, um, I uh, always, you know, try to remember to do a uh, volunteer. Right. Um, and I was wondering if you caught what I did. I noticed you raised both of your arms. Well, what I did is I raised both of my arms and I went like this. Well, that doesn't help for an audio podcast. Well, I, I kind of uh, put my hands together and then uh, spread my fingers apart. And I put the middle fingers down and twiddled them back and forth. Mm. Interesting. So, um, I just noticed you raised both your arms. I wasn't looking at your well, fingers. I didn't know I needed to start tracking your finger movements for this song. Well, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> Next up was a uh, bass solo. Yes. It was a very short but very serious uh, bass solo. I, I wrote down that uh, it wasn't plugged in yet. So uh, Al called for a bass solo and Steve hurriedly <laughs> plugged it in. And uh, he played a, like a little ditty. It was yeah. good. And uh, um, then we got... Steve J. What a guy. Yes. So uh, a Steve J. What a guy reference. There's one for the spreadsheet if people are tracking the what a guys put another one next to steve jay's name <laughs> um and then we went right into lame claim to fame yep and uh n- nothing nothing out of the ordinary that i caught for this it was just a, nope, a no, great another great rendition of lame yeah. claim to fame no notes on lame claim to fame either um after lame claim to fame al said this next song isn't very good. <laughs> I, I disagree with this, and I'll say this every time he says that. This is one of my favorite songs off of Off the Deep End. Definitely, and probably one of my favorite songs. It's, it's a great song. It's definitely not as low on the list as Weird Al says. Or the, the polls other, yeah, head, other fans, other fans think it is. I, I really like it. And, <laughs> but uh, I love you. He turned to Jim. He said, well, Jim, you like it, right? And, and Jim went, uh... Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Airline Amy was then played. Um, yeah. A very good rendition of Airline Amy. I, I, I really uh, was feeling this song. And it might have made my song of the night if uh, there wasn't another one later that, that trumped it. Oh. Um, you. What did you write after this? Because I can't. Read what I, wrote. I wrote very. Uh, Oh, I wrote say because I can't remember the last time I had a. Oh, he said uh, it definitely was an old song because I cannot remember the last time I had honey roasted peanuts on a flight. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, um, and then he mentioned having um, Ray Manzarek. Yep, on the album, uh, but needing two people to replace him for the live version. And uh, Steve went over to join Ruben, and of course that means Craigslist. Craigslist, absolutely. Oh man, I have a lot of notes about this song. Craigslist it goes on three yeah. pages of my. Oh notes. my goodness. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, you know I don't. Um, it, it's hard for me to take notes during Craigslist because I just like I like to sit back and just enjoy it because the phone call is so different every time. Um, but I did want to mention. Uh, I did write down. What I thought he said for the coffee place, I wrote down, I don't know if you heard it better, but I heard like, Tazala on Main Street. See, I heard him say uh, Taza Cafe on Main Street. Okay. Taza. He just said Taza. I don't think he said, uh, it's the T-A-Z-Z-A. Okay. Well, I was close. 
I don't think he said cafe. I think he just said Taza, which is probably what threw you off. Uh, and the fact that you have no idea what uh, the coffee shops in Ridgefield are. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So it would. So for the the uh, the people keeping track, it's the Taza Cafe on Main Street in Ridgefield. And uh, let's hear all your notes, Dave, since I didn't actually take any. <laughs> all right. So this one, um, I didn't even know how to describe this, but uh, there's the sort of like there was these. These, uh, this lighting that goes on in the background of uh, Craigslist and sort of like this psychedelic uh, drug-infused lighting sort of thing that you might be uh, w- might be imagining or watching if you were listening to Doors songs. And to me, they just kind of reminded me of doilies, but like not, not necessarily a bad thing. So I just wrote down that they were kind of the, the, do- the lighting was reminding me of like doilies up on the wall. Um, I did have quite a couple notes about, you know, his little... Uh, cell phone call with his mother um i I noted that he uh i wrote down he would bite the ears off of chocolate easter bunnies don't (laughs) worry they won't feel a thing it's hollow inside (laughs) um and then he mentioned uh, this is sort of a an old old school word i'll reference but uh the snakes will rise up while the big Texas radio plays. So, of course, the snakes will rise up is a reference to that crazy Weird Al fan in there. Uh, There's no going home Disney special that he did. I feel like he said the snakes will rise up a couple times. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Yes. Good to note that because I don't know that we've mentioned it on the podcast. And then um, he said he was riding through the desert in a Mustang convertible filled with Pez dispensers. (laughs) And then (laughs) – I do remember this. I'm looking at your notes. Yeah. But uh, he did ask – is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we had that conversation not that long ago. About right. Hot dog being yeah, a Yeah, we brought it up for some reason. Um, but yeah. It's almost like he was reading our mind for this. Yeah, episode. absolutely. <laughs> the reference to Haleakala, with, which of course Jackie and I shared that moment together. And then uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? I think all of us shared that moment together. I don't remember why we... I think you... I don't remember why we brought that up. Anyway... Um, it was definitely a, a car ride conversation, yeah, I think. Probably. And then uh, he said, Views, uh, I can't really read this. Let's, let's ask the sacred mystic. Uh, yeah, about uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay, yes. And uh, the answer was? Yes. Yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> There's freedom in the air. I can taste it. I can smell it. It smells like teen spirit <laughs> well, how about that for a, a reference from weird al so great. certainly referencing smells like nirvana's parody of smells like or the parody of smells like teen spirit <laughs> and uh again as he has done every time he says um you know he admits that he tore the tags off the mattresses <laughs> and uh i wonder if that's going to stay consistent or if if he'll eventually change that up a little bit who knows? Who knows? I mean, this, this, uh, this. I mean, for me, by far, this was the best phone call he's had of, with his mother <laughs> on the tour so far, and uh, for that reason, um, I made this my favorite song of the night. Wow! So, yeah. So this is this is you can put this one in the spreadsheet. Congrats! This is Craigslist. This uh, Dave's favorite song of the night, and the only thing I was missing. Um, is I was really hoping that he could have somehow worked in a reference to a red rump the goody, but. Uh, Alas, he has not done that yet. Not yet. Um, so then he went into a, sh- sh- a similar spiel uh, as he has for um, you know being the reason that he's yeah. gonna uh, do this tour. Next song is the reason we're doing this tour. Not a lot of radio play, right? Um, 
Of course, that means, let me be your hog. <laughs> <laughs> so let me be your hog. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, during this song is that there was a, uh, a family sitting directly in front of us, uh, in the row in front of us, uh, what appeared to be, you know, mother, father, and uh, two young children, a young, young boy and a young girl. And the little girl, she may be five or six years old, she just started headbanging. <laughs> to, to, to let me be your hog like she was thrilled to hear it and everything so uh that was a very exciting to watch uh this this little girl just really get into let me be your hog <laughs> really headbang to it um so after let me be your hog they went into close but no cigar mm-hmm. and you know i realized that um al gave us a subtle reference to the podcast unfortunately um he said, and this is in the lyrics of the song, but he could have chosen to not sing them, um, <laughs> where he says, frankly, and frankly uh-huh. contains the root word Frank, as is Frank the intern. So I, I'm happy that he referenced you know, our intern Frank, but I'm unhappy that he chose to reference our intern Frank, because nobody wants to hear him. So maybe the uh, headbanging in the the song for Let Me Be Your Hog was the whole reason why this family came out because uh, they did get up and and leave uh, (laughs) after. She had a headache. (laughs) No, I mean, it was late. I mean, it it was was like 10 o'clock. It was a school night, you know, all that stuff. And and I I think that was the reason why they left rather than the fact they didn't like Close But No Cigar. But I'm glad that this little. Well, maybe they heard the the Frank reference and were like, (laughs) hey. We don't like intern friends. That could be. But it's interesting, as they got up and left, I, I did take a look over at, at uh, Eric Berlin, who was sitting two rows in front of us, and he was definitely singing along and getting into Close But No Cigar. So <laughs> That's great. He must be a cake fan. He must be. Um, and then I did notice that uh, Ruben does have a nice cowbell solo. Yes. Song. Not, a, not, a, uh, official, one, right? not an official but, one. But it's part of the song. Uh, I noted down that we should count the vibraslaps some show, but I I always forget to do that. Apparently, what do and you mean we should count the vibras? Oh, how many times? How many times he hits oh, the vibraslap? Um, and then there's a part of the song where it goes into the clapping, like the fast clapping. Hmm. And I noticed that Steve started clapping with it, and then um, while he was clapping, he looked down and saw the pick in his hand, and he just stopped clapping. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he yes. was afraid to lose his don't- pick. Afraid to lose his pick or afraid to stab himself with the pick, which would be even worse. <laughs> even worse. Um, so after Close No Cigar, I did yell another El Maestro. Mm. Congratulations. Um, because uh, then there was a cowbell, uh, an actual uh, cowbell, actual cowbell solo. Oh, I didn't write that one down. Oh, maybe that's what I meant for a cowbell solo. Yeah, he Al called for a cowbell solo, and and uh, Ruben seemed very surprised. This was the first cowbell solo we've seen this tour, and uh, he hesitated and did one single hit. On the, uh, the <laughs> oh, cowbell. that's right. And then he came out. Yeah, he made a big deal about it. I do remember that now. Yeah, he definitely came out and he kind of took a bow and everything afterwards. And uh, so I, I yelled El Maestro. He did the cowbell solo, and then I yelled El Maestro again hmm. um and uh then they went into good old days and i couldn't hear the bongos because there were no right. bongos right surprisingly there were no bongos and I, was, <laughs> I was so surprised because this whole time i've been complaining i can't hear the bongos can't hear the bongos then the last show we went to before this one in burlington 
he moved the mic closer, and I could actually hear and enjoy the bongos. And now there were no bongos. Oh, that's probably he probably did that for you. He probably said, "I'm gonna go out one last time, make sure Ethan hears these bongos, and then never play them again." <laughs> I'll go out with a bang, ba bang, bang, bang on the bongos. Uh, yeah, so I was really bummed. Uh, so I don't know if that was just like they didn't bring him out, or you know, it could have been like a mistake, or maybe he's just done playing the bongos. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to keep tracking that and see if uh, bongos make a return to good old days or not. On yeah, shows. yeah, interesting. I was surprised as you were that there were no bongos during this. Yeah, <laughs> I think I turned to you. I was like, no bongos. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, next song. Uh, or I guess uh, he picked up the accordion again and some jingle bells started playing. And he said that there were 229 days until Christmas. That's right. Um, he said, do you feel that holiday spirit? And he said he can almost hear the uh, sleigh bells, which were <laughs> quite loud. Right. <laughs> Definitely could have heard them. And which of the plethora of two uh, Christmas songs will they play? Well, let's find out. And it was... The night Santa went crazy. And um, Hawkeye came out. Um... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, during this song, I wrote down that Hawkeye, uh, the stagehand, uh, the stage tour manager, stage manager, I guess, uh, came out. And he was kind of doing something behind Ruben's keyboards. I'm not quite sure what, what was going on. Yeah, there. I don't know what exactly was going on. Um, but I did notice uh, he did something there. And then um, another... Tech came out. I, I think his name's Dana. Is he the guy who's on the opposite side of the stage? Um, I'll go with yes because I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Dana. <laughs> uh, he came out and was uh, doing something. And um, yeah, something with, with Ruben's chords. Something was going on with the keyboard and, and whatever. Um, it didn't sound like anything was right. off, but it, they were, yeah. they must have, they know better than us. Right. Uh, <laughs> So after the song, are you ready to move on? Yes. Um, Al drank from his water, finished the water, and then just tossed the cup behind him. <laughs> and it made a loud kind of doink noise as it <laughs> landed on the stage. Um, yeah, they said the next song is a Zydeco song. And then somebody in the crowd yelled, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he said, not many people know uh, what Zydeco means, but based on the... Uh, not many people know based on the one woo that I heard. And I think after the show, didn't Eric yes, come up and Eric say he was, the he was the woo? <laughs> so, no good note on the spreadsheet. Eric was the woo. No, not really. That's not a spreadsheet worthy. Uh, uh, but he says 75% uh, of Zydeco music is about uh, Seattle-based grunge artists. And interestingly, he said 75%. And in the last couple of shows we've been to where he's done this song, he said 95%. So maybe he's found additional songs that were <laughs> about a Seattle-based grunge Additional musicians. research. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we got to hear My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder. Yes. And during this song, I started thinking about um, when we were in Seattle for a Strings Attached Tour, we mm. went to the Pop Culture Museum and we right. saw this huge, awesome um, Pearl Jam collection that was right. on display. And it made me wonder, do the Dave and Ethans of Pearl Jam... Do they have Running With Scissors in their collection because of this song? And I would have to assume yes. I, I would. If I, Pearl Jam had an album that was My Baby's In Love with Weird Al Yankovic, 
I, f- I believe you and I would have yeah. every CD, cassette, foreign press of, of them. So <laughs> well, Maybe not every foreign press, but well, we, we would, would definitely have we, a representation in my collection. Yeah, so sure. uh, I thinking that's kind of cool, kind of yeah, cool connection I, yeah. between I, I, us and the Eddie Vedder Well, if there are any, uh, if there are any uh, Eddie Vedder collectors out there listening to this episode, first of all, why are you doing that? No, <laughs> I, please let us know. Um, in celebration of this being the smallest venue ever, or smallest venue on the tour, I guess. Uh, well, I, before we get oh. to this, I want to mention how, um, actually, when I was coming to my seat after the show was about to start uh, for Emo, and I was talking to, I said Jen was in the front row, um, this guy at the end on the aisle of our row, he saw my hat and said, Oh, Frank's 2000 Inch TV! That's my favorite song! Um, which, it's funny because my hat says 2000 Inch, right. which is for our podcast, Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Right. Um, but he made the connection to this Weird Al song, uh, Frank's 2000 Inch TV. Cool. Um, so he said, yeah, as in, in celebration of the smallest venue, we're going to you know uh, let the audience pick. And um, that guy... <laughs> who had complimented my hat, started screaming at the top of his lungs, Frank Chitazer's TV! Frank Chitazer's TV! I I couldn't even hear anyone else's request because he kept yelling that. But he was not picked. Mm. Um, Steve J was picked. Oh, nice. And, um... Yeah, some of the other people I heard, some of the other songs I heard yelled out. I obviously heard the gentleman yelling out Frank's 2000 Inch TV, but I also heard people yelling out for Genius in France and for Amish Paradise. Oh, cool. Um, and so Steve ended up picking Frank's 2000 TV. <laughs> nice. And Maybe. I have to imagine, um, actually I heard the relief and excitement from that guy. He was very chuffed for, uh, <laughs> for Steve to have picked well, that. Maybe Steve heard the gentleman yelling at the top of his lungs too for Frank's I'm, sh- I'm sure that was it. And it wasn't just the next on the set list. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, interesting. I, I, I know that, um, this song is uh, Frank's 2000 Inch TV happens to mention uh, 2000 Inch in the lyrics and, and the title, I guess. Um, I just want, I just noted that um, at least we know that uh, Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West did not have to learn any new lyrics to this song because he already knows how to say the word 2000 Inch. Oh, yeah. He that's... knows it from our theme song. Yeah, he didn't say like 2000 feet or two. Yeah, he yeah, know, he's, yeah. yeah. he's familiar with the term 2000 Inch. Now, um, we we mentioned that uh, Hawkeye was sort of working, uh, and who we believe is Dana was working on uh, Ruben's uh, keyboard stuff during Night Santa Went Crazy. Well, there's actually something going on, and I noticed that um, Ruben's hands were just off the keyboard, at least his mm-hmm. left hand that I could see, um, and he sort of was looking annoyed and like kind of looking around, uh, not really playing the keyboard and. Uh, uh, by the end of the song, it was working again, and then okay. he was back to playing. So, so um, we did talk to him after the show, and he mentioned that um, the left side of his keyboard was not working during oh. that song. So that was the error. And um, oh, that's what uh, Hawkeye and Dana were yeah they or fixing I guess yeah I guess so they, they did fix it they did fix it good. Um, so the next song is a song about America, and basically is an introduction. It's funny when he said uh, it was a song about a twine ball. I heard somebody yell really loud in the audience, "Yeah!" <laughs> the whole audience went crazy. And uh, you know, he talked about you know how it's not the biggest uh, because the biggest you know they broke a world record by working together. And he went, "Are you happy? Are you happy? Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> they only care about the biggest ball." 
by one man, right, Francis A. Johnson. And uh, we got to hear the biggest ball twine in Minnesota. Yeah. And um, you know we got we got a great uh, uh, you know ending of the song and um, yeah. So uh, Weird Al at the end of the song he introduces the band and and I didn't hear this but Jackie told me this happened again. He said I am Kenny G. Oh, okay. And I did not hear that either. I didn't hear it. I didn't note that, but I don't. I trust Jackie. Because she was sitting right next to me. I trust Jackie a hundred percent. So, so she's the gets credit for noting that Al said, "I'm Kenny G." Once again. Um. So then, during this sort of like, uh, like encore part where we're all cheering and the band stays on stage, uh, Al was checking his phone, drinking water. I saw Steve, uh, lay down. Uh, <laughs> um. Bermuda was wiping off the drum cage. Jim was kind of pointing, um, you know, where there was stuff uh, smudged. And then Ruben came over and uh, was also pointing out places that Jim and Bermuda had missed. Hmm. <laughs> so then Al, uh, they all came back and they resumed positions and they played the cover song. Yeah, the cover song this time, Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. Yes. And um, he said, you know, I'm going to, before he played it, he said, all right, I'm going to play the song everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> and then at the end of the song, he said, I, I was just assuming that was the song you were waiting <laughs> <Right>. for. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with this song, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's this pretty popular song, but uh, it's definitely, uh, it reminded me of the movie Reservoir Dogs because it's definitely played uh, played in that movie. Definitely, what a Quentin Tarantino uh, selection for that movie. It's a good, good fit in that movie. Um, so then um, we heard the one hundred percent so far played song, the unplugged medley, which features Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda, and Yoda Chant. Yep. And um, I didn't write down anything <laughs> uh, except that uh, that was played, and it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, being in such a small venue, you really get to enjoy the, the sound and the music, and it just all sounded great and looked great. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, didn't write down anything particular about that medley either. It was well-performed, but just no, no, nothing uh, podcast noteworthy to mention. And when he plays the, uh, the, the fish or the, the guero or whatever right. during White and Nerdy, I, I try to uh, mimic what he's doing hmm. with my pen and my notepad. Because they're already in my hand, so I'm, I'm trying to uh, learn how to play it uh, uh, based to, on watching Al. So learn how to play it on the notepad. <laughs> yes, doesn't sound quite the same. On my no, I'd imagine not. Um, I guess a note. I would probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, the it's not performed by the band. But of course, uh, um, you know, as people are leaving the uh, venue, uh, the the music that's playing is the time warp. Uh, Yes. Done, yeah, uh, from Rocky Horror Picture Show. So again, just want to point that out for fans who uh, who did uh, remember that from previous tours. Uh, it, it's back, back it's, in the rotation. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It's, people do enjoy hearing that song, and occasionally people are singing along and even dancing along to that song as people are leaving. Um, I guess after uh, afterwards, you know, um, that's when Eric uh, confirmed that the the woo in Eddie Vedder or. <laughs> yeah, for uh, my baby's in love with Eddie. For Zydeco, yeah, and for Zydeco uh, was Eric, and uh, was him doing that. He's glad to hear that. I know he had to run off to VIP 
But it was uh, so nice to see him. We did get a picture with him. Yeah, we got a picture with him, and uh, we uh, headed out of the venue, and um, <clears throat> I guess we had a little... Uh... Well, we didn't. We don't usually talk about what, what, um, what we are wearing. Um, I know I try to wear something, you know, of course, Weird Al or Weird Al related, and I was wearing my brand new mm-hmm. Ruben t-shirt. Uh, I ordered it from rubenvaltiera.com. Was thirty dollars, and which seems like a lot for a shirt, but when you realize it's thirty dollars and that includes free shipping, it's quite a deal. From <laughs> what a guy, RubenValtiera.com, and uh, so I was very excited that uh, I could wear that. So uh, we, I let Ruben know I was wearing it, and I said we should get a picture of you and I while I'm wearing the shirt. So he's like, yes. So um, we got to meet up with him out in the. Um, uh, very dark parking very, lot. Very, very dark parking lot. Behind the Ridgefield Theater. And, um, yeah, we had a, a great time chatting with him. We uh, uh, were joined by, by Jim at one point, and um, uh, yeah. we, were, we were kind of in a dark parking lot, but we wanted to get, you know, a, a good picture of Ruben and I um, pointing at my shirt. And um, I think it's the first time he actually saw... Um, one of his Ruben shirts out in the wild. I know he's seen like the Rubenette shirts, right? But I think, I think this so. is the first time for the Ruben shirt. So he was really excited to see it. Asked how I liked it, and um, we were having trouble getting a good picture. And uh, so we we're using like your phone and Jackie's phone, and yeah. then Jim eventually got his phone. So like <laughs> Ruben and I were kind of standing there with like three people taking pictures of us. It took and... a long time to, to get to get an acceptable picture. And, you know, it was so dark that we were using Flash, but then it ended up looking better without Flash right. because Dave and Jim have, like, these new iPhones that have good technology. And, right. You know, we kept moving, so Jim's like, don't, you know, stop moving. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was really funny uh, how much went into getting this one picture. Um, yeah. But it was really fun. You know, we get to ask a couple questions to, to Jim and Ruben. I, I, I asked Jim, I said, you know... Are you ever tempted when you get picked by Al uh, to, you <laughs> know, suggest good. something different? And he was joking. He's like, oh, yeah, I should request Genius in France or <laughs> Hardware Store or something. Right. Um, which would be, I know the audience would love it, but Al and the band, the rest of the band probably wouldn't be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially since Hardware Store is not uh, super easy right. to to do with that one part. You might be left behind at that venue. But I could, I could see them actually taking Hardware Store and, and putting like a lounge swing or something to it where they don't have to do that impossible, you know, yeah. part in the middle. Yeah, I guess they, they could always rework the songs. I mean, that is such a iconic part of the song. Right. Be interesting if they did change that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, we definitely we had a good, nice, long conversation with both Ruben and, and uh, Kimo. Um, yeah. It was great. I mean, yeah, they, they were talking about you know uh, some of their or Kimo was talking about you know some of the, the first shows that they did together. You know, reminiscing about oh yeah about that and things like that. So it was, it was a nice, really nice conversation. Yeah, know, I think he, this was when Ruben um, said that he recently got to hear the first ever show right. that Jim and Steve played with Al. So yeah, there there's a lot of the you know Al's telling the joke on stage for Dare to Be Stupid, but. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the the real story is Steve essentially answered a, like a newspaper ad, um, auditioned, got I the think part. It was, it was Jim, Jim who uh, answered the ad, and then 
or maybe I have it backwards. I think you have it backwards. I think Steve answered the ad, and then I do have it backwards. Yeah. When uh, when they needed a um, guitar player, a guitar player, yeah. Steve had been in a band with Jim and right. suggested yep. him, and the rest is history. <laughs> but yeah, the first um, set they ever did was at a. Um, I'm gonna. For- I think I'm gonna mess this up. I think it's Hop Sings. Yeah, and. Hop Sings. Um, yeah, we were asking Ruben about it, and he said it's really cool to hear them performing. And uh, so I hope that maybe one day uh, Bermuda will find it fit to share it on the podcast, or at least share it with us, because cool. uh, I would love to oh, hear no, that. Absolutely, we'd love to hear that for it sure. It would be very cool. historical reasons and many other reasons. Yeah, I was asking Jim some of the songs they were playing, and a lot of the songs off of the uh, first album. Yeah, he said, like, uh, Got a Boogie and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously songs after the first album. <laughs> it right. wasn't he wasn't playing anything off Running with Scissors uh, back back then. Um, yeah, so it's, it's n- nice, good conversation with them, and uh, very it's nice. always great to get to talk to them. Yeah, and it, it was just for some reason, I was it was cold outside. <laughs> I was I was cold. It, it was cold. It was you were wearing cold. shorts. I was wearing shorts and a t shirt. Um, but yeah, it was it was really was nice, nice, and I was glad to to get to talk to them. It's always really fun to chat with those guys yeah. and. I think that was it. Yeah. I think that's that was our our smallest concert of the tour. Now I know you've got a couple of uh, a long road trips ahead of you, but our next concert together will be uh, the end of this week in Huntington, New York, it, on Friday the thirteenth. Thirteenth at the Paramount. So I'm curious to, to see if uh, Weird Al takes our suggestion and plays uh, Nature Child to Hell. I hope he show. does. I hope he does. Um, Huntington, New York. That's a uh, that's. That's uh, out there on Long Island. That's going to be a long drive. That's good. potentially uh, going to have a lot of traffic on that drive. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. It's a cool venue. I know you've been there before. Yeah, on the Vanity Tour. And I, I loved it. It was a cool venue. And I got to go backstage for whatever reason at the, the last tour. Huh. And it was just super cool backstage. Cool. Um, I remember like this uh, purple chair and just you know, <laughs> a lot of weird, interesting stuff. So I'm excited to go back and... Uh, I, I don't think I'll be going backstage uh, this tour, but um, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to seeing you again and seeing more Weird Al. All right. Until next time. That was Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, 12 centimeters. So one thing I want to note about Stuck in the Middle with You is I was sitting in the middle of both you and Jackie and the lyrics to the song go, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. So I guess Jackie was the clown and you were the joker.